Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling today? Man, I'm trying to figure that out. I guess I feel well. How are you feeling? Trying to figure it out. That seems like a lot of what parenthood be about. Trying to figure it out. Uh, I feel... I feel grateful. The day has had a lot of moving parts, but I'm happy to be here. That's good. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you the listener on the black love podcast network yes so you got an affirmation for us today i do have an affirmation that i selected and it comes from your book soul affirmations a toolkit for reflection and manifesting the light within mm-hmm. and it's on page 18 and it reads even a hard day is a good day because it will bring me closer to balance and understanding here i am postured to master my peace mm. Even a hard day is a good day because it will bring me closer to balance and understanding. Mm-hmm. Here I will master my peace. Posture to master my peace. Okay. You wrote this. That's That sounds really <laughs> hopeful. That sounds like somebody had a, you know, I'm saying somebody like it wasn't me, but I just think about what it means <laughs> to like, no, on the real, because th- that's me and, and, and when I wrote it. Mm-hmm, that's but, you. Today, I'm saying that that feels like a a tall order, right? It's got to feel like a tall order on a hard day. <laughs> but that's when it really, that's when you double down, right? I agree with you. I'm only shaking my head because I know how hard it is for me as an individual to reframe mm-hmm. when I am in my emotions and in my feelings. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most challenging things that I have done in my life thus far is to reframe around how I am feeling because your feelings and emotions, I mean, depending on your practice mm-hmm. as a human being around them can be so loud, right? Like I think about Kamali and her feelings and her emotions, mm-hmm. right? And we see it on her face. I saw it that first week. I saw it when she was born. I said, said Hey, it. this is going to, she's going to be something else. Like, you called it. The way she reacted towards a diaper change was just, I mean, it was all new, but it it was, it was a bit, it felt a bit intense. Around my way, we call that putting dubs on it. <laughs> You're just doing too much. Man, but um, I recognize a lot of myself in her and her response, her emotional response to things that she does not want to happen or change. I mean, today was, I, I took the chocolate from her. And she just lost it. It's like, it's an immediate thing. And I, I'm saying that she lost it because um, what I'm saying is she lost her composure for how she was initially feeling in that moment. But what would it look like for Kamali to have a reframe around it? Well, you know, my baby, <laughs> I think that reframes are in context to lived experience. Okay. So you're, you're not taking somebody else's reframe. It wouldn't work for your picture. It can only be your reframe. And your reframe is based on your lived experiences, your habits of mind, and what you truly know. And when you said 
you know, like when you are in your feelings, it's really hard to do a reframe. But like, what if we looked at that a little different, right? What if they're all feelings, right? The good ones, the challenging ones, the adverse ones, the happy ones, Mm -hmm. the laughter. Mm -hmm. What if they're all feelings? And it's not that you have a hard time reframing when you're in your feelings. It's just that certain feelings are the ones that invite you to the reframe. So it's actually the early onset of the challenge. It is the early onset of the frustration. It is moving through that challenge, moving through that frustration. All of those things are necessary before a reframe. The thing is, you, you can't reframe before you take the journey through those feelings. Mm-hmm. So the feelings are the invitation to the reframe. But the reframe should not happen prematurely because it's not a true reframe in that instance, I think. Right. I think it's dismissing the feelings yeah. instead of allowing the feelings to teach you. Oh, wow. So if you reframe too soon, you miss what the feelings were coming to teach. Come on. I'm so happy you broke down a reframe. Like you broke that down to a science. Seriously, right? Because I think I've heard the word reframe a lot more in the last four years than I ever had. And even not just with you, but in conversation with other people. And I've been commended for my reframe. And, um, I understand what brings me to my reframe in full authenticity of experiencing the emotions. I still have work to do when it comes to actively, I guess, actively pursuing it on a hard day. I have learned in my grief to recognize my feelings. And when I feel certain feelings, I know that, oh, today I'm experiencing grief and I need to make room for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have evidence of my lived experience in my grief journey that has shown me that I can navigate deeper waters. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I have all of this awareness, but still I have to practice in other areas of my life where I may have a feeling or emotion that arises that is indicative of something else and to make space for it. And then in that processing of feeling those feelings and making space for those feelings, inviting myself to a reframe, seeing it as a reframe. And I love this affirmation and I chose it very specifically because not too long ago I had an experience like this. And in full transparency, I am not afraid to talk about it because I think that a lot of people experience these these types of emotions um, more often than maybe we'd like to talk about. But the truth of the matter is, and this, see, it's all about how you start your day. We talked about this. I started my day straight into my phone. Now, you know, you ain't supposed to do that. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to do that. I started straight into my phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was, that was foul number one. And in doing that and not having provided myself with some sort of grounding, for that particular day, I was open to whatever was in front of me. And without any type of rehearsal of knowings or anything, like I just put myself in a position to absorb and feel whatever. Mm-hmm. And on this particular morning, I saw a close friend sharing a about something she recently did that I also want to do, Mm -hmm. but I haven't done yet. 
because I haven't figured out how to do it yet. That works for me. But I saw that she has done it. And the first feeling I think that I I received was, well, I'm doing a comparison, right? Like, so what's happening in my mind is I'm like talking to myself about why I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Not experiencing joy for my friend or celebrating what she's been able to do. But no, I decided to do an internal critique of what I haven't done. That's the first thing. Ooh. After I did that internal critique. An internal critique of what I haven't done. Because don't nobody else know. It's just happening all up in, in my head. Y'all know how your mornings go when you wake up. It's so many thoughts that happen. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here I am with an internal critique at the start of my day about what it is that I am not doing based on what someone else that I love is doing that I'd like to be doing. Then another feeling comes up and admittedly, like I didn't identify this feeling right away. I was having the feelings and because of my grief practice and not being able to shake how I felt, I took myself to the room, to my journal to start to navigate and write these things out. Wow. And in that moment, I identified this feeling. I think this is the feeling. I identified it as jealousy and I did not like that. I did not like that. I felt that way. I don't want to feel that way. But I think that that's what I was feeling. I think that's that was the experience that I was having in that moment. Mm. And for the rest of the day, I didn't hold it. I'm glad that I was able to identify it and name it, but I made room for, for my feelings around that, that day. And I can't recall if I had a resolve, right? I talked to you about it mm-hmm. and, I, and I love that I get to do that, right? To be able to experience these types of emotions and to have transparency in your relationship, in your home or whoever it is that you're with, whoever your confidant is, and to be able to articulate that is so freeing. And I'm grateful that I can share that with you and not feel judged. No, it was it was a uh, it was powerful. It was it was really powerful to watch you name this thing in front of me. Right. And I thought what was even more powerful, it was like in that moment, both of us were so present with each other. And some feelings that we were both um, experiencing, maybe differently, but it was really profound that we had that openness. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I think the relationship just grew in intimacy again. Because whenever you can, like, unmask yourself to your partner, and in this particular instance, our marriage is husband and wife, we can unmask those things that. We aren't proud to say, but if we say them, maybe we can understand them better. And when we did that, I was like, oh, this is this is the work. This is intimacy. Right. Into me, I see. Right. Mm. So you're really opening up. And it was a pleasure to do that work that day, because just like the feelings that must come before the reframe, that was a feeling that must come before the reframe. Mm. You have an affirmation in your text that speaks to healing being changing and ongoing. It's not final. Yeah. Right? Well, so is growing, is changing and ongoing. It's not final. Right? And I think that 
like those are states of being but then i also think our feelings are changing and ongoing and not final yeah right so when you create the conditions to explore that feeling it can teach you so much more about what's actually happening mm-hmm. right and two phenomena occurred in that when you were telling me about that feeling and i happened to see what you saw right a little bit before you <laughs> i said to myself oh that's dope and i want to do things like that i was so happy for that forward motion for that loved one that for me it was just a reminder that like there's work to be done mm-hmm. right but i also want to name that I think I had a chance to ground myself a little differently mm. that morning. And I talked about it in some of our previous episodes, but in the early onset of the grief, when you weren't able to pray for yourself, my day started by your bedside in prayer, right? And in the early onsets of the grief, I left my Bible and my phone equidistant from the bed so that it would give me a chance to choose. and. Over time, I developed the habit of choosing the word, which was really an invitation for me to go inward and have intimacy, right, with the creator. And that then translated into my journaling practice and my time in the scripture. And all of these things have changed because of parenthood. Mm -hmm. So you find a way to hold these things that are important to you, but you just might hold them different. And every day you don't hold them the same. And every day you don't perform the same. So I also want to just like acknowledge the very human experience, or at least the 21st century human experience. Are we in the 21st century? Are we in? Yeah, we still are. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we still there. We still there. We still there. These years be blazing by. I haven't but, heard anybody say 22nd. So yeah, it's not 21st. But <laughs> the context is like because of our t- mode of technology, how it is so integrated into our life, right? Because you have the baby monitor on your phone and you have the noise app on your phone. You have all these other apps that like help manage the home. Mm -hmm. So your phone is not just like this immediate thing you pick up to go outward. But there is a also an open tab where you can go anywhere. Right. And it is that practice of looking out before you look within. That can create so much more room for comparison. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the first thing you see is what something else is doing, and then you try to aspire to that. Versus like this very multi-dimensional spiritual beings, you're just coming out of like sleep, hopefully REM. It's different when you have toddler. You don't know what type of sleep you're getting. Yeah. You just want some. Your version of rest. You're coming out of your but the brain is doing something supernatural. And that's why you wake up with all those thoughts. And it's so, I find it so valuable to explore those ones before I explore anybody else's. Man. Because they're, they're coming to me for a reason. I have to explore them. You know how much I need that in the morning. I actually need it. And don't let me go to the gym, right? Because now all those ideas are literally fireworks shooting out of my head. And I come home with a, a thousand miles a minute of like what's yes. been going on in my head and, and I take calls, but I've learned that this is my, this is me showing up for myself. Right. And I also want to name that like, it's very easy to feel feelings like jealousy and or harsh self critiques 
when we begin with comparison, right? Oh yeah. Because we also know that difference isn't isn't a deficit. But when you don't, but listen though, <laughs> you said like you didn't want to say, it. but I'm illustrating that we have that knowing and it is concretely a part of us. Right. And yet still there is the human experience, the margin of error that we can all have. And I think that's what makes you a prolific thinker. This is what makes me enjoy co-discovering with you. This is what makes me enjoy being your husband. I love the honest questions you ask yourself, even when you don't have the answer. Hmm. I admire it and I admire your ability to like take the mask off and just say what it is. So big ups to you for that, because that was the beginning of a lot of inward discovery for us that that week started off with a, like the need to go inward, the okay. need to reassess, yeah. um, the need to process with each other, but the need to also process by ourselves. I want to hear more about your findings because something happened for me really, really powerful later in that day. I'm trying to remember what I found. I think what I rested in was, well, one, celebrating that I could double down on the feeling. And when I say double down, I mean, I, I had a moment to to journal about it, to identify it. And then I had a moment to say it out loud with you and even refine more about my experience. Mm. And in those moments where you and I were talking, you helped me explore more about what it was that I was feeling and what were some of the triggers for the feeling and like other parts of my identity um, that are intersected with what it was that I was seeing mm-hmm. and across friends and family, you know, and, mm-hmm. and really it's funny because we were supposed to have therapy that day and we ended up not having therapy and turned it into our own therapy session, which shows you how important, like how much we must've needed it. Yeah. And I celebrate that we were able to do that for ourselves as well. Yeah. With Kamali present. Yeah. That and, was, that and was it was really important. And me. it was more than the, you know, the, the 50 minute therapeutic yeah. session. We actually needed a whole day. We, we did a workshop of therapy for ourselves. We did. And in those moments where you and I were talking and you were helping me like refine and navigate all of those nuances that played into that particular emotion at that particular time, I found myself being okay with feeling the feeling, being okay with that being the emotion that I felt for today and identifying what I understood about myself, about where it came from. There were some things that you had said to me that challenged me, but not in a way where I didn't want to receive it, but it allowed for more exploration of self that outside of what I could see. Uh, And that can be really important too, with whoever it is that your confidant is, whether it's your therapist or your partner, to be able to share those types of things and then have, I guess, in a sense, like your own personal homework about it, Mm -hmm. because they can see, especially if they're very intimately close to you, they can see outside of just the walls of your mind, but also the circumstances that you're in. So again, I thank you for that. But what I found for wow. me in that day was this is the feeling that I'm having. It doesn't feel good, but I celebrate and take time to notice it, to be able to say like, okay, I'm experiencing this today. And I may not feel it tomorrow. I likely won't. And I didn't, right? Mm -hmm. But today was the day to make room for that and explore more about what it came to teach me. That's why I picked the affirmation. Can I I just highlight a soundbite that is replaying in my head right now? (laughs) You said when you have a partner or someone can see you, they can see beyond the walls of your mind. 
and can also see the circumstances that you're in. And that's so powerful because our minds have the ability to like project these things on us. That's that's when we go into the harsh self critique, Mm -hmm. right? And it's always okay to be accountable to yourself, but the comparison is just really right. As the record said, a thief of joy. I even think in a, in a very scientific understanding of memory, right? Short-term and long-term memory. I've said this, man, my short-term memory sometimes can be shit, but like your short-term is actually really like really good. It's, it's like exercised really well. I, I bring that up as an example to not say that like, I am not aware of what's happening in my head, but I am aware that I may not take in account of all the things that are happening. Oh, you know, I'm sure you're not. Here, here, here's proof, though. I'm sure you're not taking account all the things that are happening. One, because when we don't take time to, like, observe what is happening, right, we're just going to miss some things. But also, I think at, like, at a macro level, when we talk about grief is an experience of love, I think that jealousy is the loud emotion of self-critique where there really is only admiration. Mm. I don't think we have the capacity to be jealous of something we don't admire. Huh. Right? It doesn't register to us. We don't see ourselves in things we don't admire. So I think the jealousy, something as intimate as that feeling is admiration under the scrutiny of self-critique. Mm. Right? And then you, then for what can happen is you can create the conditions in your head that hold you responsible for not being where they are, right? And those conditions can be internal, so you can really beat up on yourself, or those conditions can be external, where you think they have access to partnerships, relationships, or otherwise. Hmm. But really, it's admiration in some proximity. Mm-hmm. So I like to zoom back a bit, right? Before okay. I get to the, like, the me of the thing, just look at the thing and say, oh, I must like that. I must want that, right? But... And that just came from observation in this conversation. But let me tell you what I found as a result of the feeling. Maybe a lot of creators can ad- identify with this. Parents, people, hell, right? This idea that like I need to be doing more. Mm-hmm. But that, that doing more is not a state of being, right? So I, I want to bring myself back to the question, who do I need to be? Not what do I need to do? Mm. And when I take time to design my being, the doings are second nature. So I take time to be before I ask myself what I need to do. And now when I am in that state of being, I also see my actions differently. So life had been really demanding. Schedule was fleeting. I managed to show up for myself, right? In the gym, new practice. I mean, it's, it's pretty consistent now, but I remember a time where I didn't know how to find this time <laughs> in parenthood. Yeah. Okay, so I learned how to find some time. And in that time, one of the things that started to happen less was my, my I call it my action journaling. Mm-hmm. So at night I could process emotions, but I also have a form of short journaling that gives me, um, like I get to survey myself. So for me, it looks like my scripture for reflection and reference, a short list of action items. 
when I get real good, the action items are happening the night before. <laughs> but I also am okay with my action items happening first thing in the morning, writing them down. At the end of, it might have been Tuesday because I might have started Monday night. But there was no major identifiable change in the big picture goals that I was looking at. So the things that I wanted to do or the things that I wanted to happen had not been done. Nothing changed from the day prior to the next day. So when that big picture doesn't change, one of the conversations that can happen inside of myself, self-dialogue is like, I need to be doing, or why am I not? Or I need to get this. Or I'm just, I'm not even doing what I said I should be doing or all those things. Okay. And then that big picture doesn't change. So you can wake up and treat yourself the same way again. But what I've learned for me, one of the ways that I counter that is when I write down my list of objectives, the things I have to do. And when I can close my journal for the night and I see that I attended to all those things, even if my big picture hasn't changed, I'm stacking my small wins. (laughs) So the circumstance hasn't changed. But I can see empirically that I'm stacking my small wins. Mm -hmm. That does so much for my agency. And that's what helps me remember that a difference isn't a deficit. Mm -hmm. When I can see that it's just happening for me differently. And I don't get to determine when it's going to happen. I would love to. But all I know is if I keep doing this, if I keep doing this work and chipping away small win at a time. I'll get to where I'm trying to go, Mm. right? I might even change where I'm trying to go, but wherever I'm at, I'm going to have peace with it. Mm. That's the real goal, not the objective, not when I accomplish this. It's wherever I land in life. I have peace with that, right? Or peace with my ability to like work on it. Obviously, you land in grief. Ain't no immediate peace with it, especially unplanned loss. Ain't no immediate peace with it. No. But- I would also prefer that if I were to be in that situation, that I don't have a list of other things that I'm critiquing myself about, about how I fit in the world. See, one of the things that grief taught us is like it removed a veil. Yeah. I didn't care about my place in the world during grief, the depth of it. It wasn't about my place in the world. I was really trying to find me, trying to find which way is up Mm -hmm. an email, a date. You know how many canceled shows we had? Right. It, It didn't matter. So I also know that like there are types of experiences that are so disorienting. It takes you out of the context of any comparison. But then you start to integrate yourself (laughs) back in the flow of life. And here come these old habits, right? (laughs) Comparison and those things. Yeah. But I I name it as openly as I do because. And I want to be clear that folks understand what I'm saying. You have music, the culture, Mm -hmm. and then you have music, the industry, right? Mm -hmm. And as an artist, I deeply enjoy participating and impacting the culture. That is true to who I am. I'm a father. Fatherhood matters to me. Families matter to me, right? The wellness of the black family matters to me. And then you might find yourself in an industry setting. (laughs) And if I hold myself 
to the metrics of the industry. Oh, I could, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. Right. Or even if I don't need to be, even if I don't create the messaging that I need to be doing something, I can see that there's a difference between said artist and myself. Mm -hmm. And what does that difference entail? And what do I need to do? Mm. That's when I'm in industry spaces. When I'm in culture spaces, I know exactly who I am. Right. Right. And I know exactly what strengths I bring. So for me, I'm talking about, I have to do that as an artist. I have to stack my small wins when I'm working toward a big picture. I have to. Otherwise, by somebody else's standard, I can always feel deficit. Mm. And that ain't me. And that ain't me. Mm. So I just had to learn how to show up for myself. Right. Mm. And the industry is forever changing and imploding and doing a wash cycle with artists and labels and VP. All this thing is just always in a disarray. Culture. Culture is a little different. So I just remind myself. I remind myself who I am. I love how you broke down the way that you do that type of reminding, setting yourself up for that. Um, The rehearsal of the knowings through the practice of um, the action items and then how the action items turn into your evidence, right? They become, it becomes the evidence for you to know, like, I am who I am, right? Like, I keep saying it, but like, okay, this is what I wanted, but this is what I've done and my differences are not deficits. Come on. All of this happened on a Monday. (laughs) Could you imagine a Monday hitting you like this? All of this happened on a Monday, on a Monday morning and into the day. I don't even think we went anywhere that day. Hell no. I think we ended up staying home, like, all, no coffee runs. The coffee was made nah. in house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In no condition to go be public. Man, no. But I, I love that we were able to explore that with one another. That we were able to be as vulnerable as we were to just have these conversations to explore what it was that we were feeling, similarly to the ways that we did that in our grief. And again, so here we are. Grief has given us a toolkit, right, for how to explore hard days mm. that's why i picked the affirmation man because it felt hard i'm not gonna that's lie a, we talking about it now but it felt hard that day <laughs> that's beautiful though yo yeah because a hard day is a good day right one that's thing what you said I, here's the here's the ill thing <laughs> i cannot remember a lot of things my father has taught me Y'all, we talk every day. So let me just do two things, okay? Let me just give you that juxtaposition. Can you talk to his dad We talk often. <laughs> yeah, I just can't remember a bunch of things that you taught me. Like, oh, you taught me this. Right. Except for this. He's always said this to me. And maybe he taught me a lot more. I just got to get older to realize, oh, you did teach me. But whatever the case is, he says, every day above earth is a good day. And no two days are alike. Every day above earth is a good day. And no two days are alike. <laughs> how you say it though the, sp- the, <laughs> how sounds. the space the space that the contrast that that creates right he said say it like dad i was that, just saying oh, that no, that's dad not was, how dad sounds no, dad and if would, i were to hear it i may not understand no, it. no true that would i said something like um every day above earth is a good day i know two days are the same that's how dad would say it. okay but 
There's contrast there. If every day is a good day, but no two days are the same, then what is all those combination variables for a day? Mm -hmm. Right. But my favorite thing about a hard day, my favorite thing about a hard day. is when I take a deep breath and it comes to a close. Mm. Because I stacked another win. I took a hard day on the chin. And in the words of the great poet Nipsey Hussle, never let a hard time humble us. Double up. That's how my approach. Hard day on the chin lets me know I can take on tomorrow. Mm. I love that. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver, mm-hmm. our producer, Crystal Hill. Yay. And from our family to yours, may we all love more abundantly. If this episode registers to you, make sure you like it. Share it. Yes. Share, subscribe, rate, review, send us a message. Say what you like about it. Yeah. Put a homie on. Don't just hold this one to your chin. <laughs> Send it out. Massive love. Peace. Peace.